you are now free to move about the cabin. Um, no, wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> People like you, organizations like Rape Check, I love you guys. You are clear for takeoff runway 21 left, winds are calm. Stand by for the retrans on uniform. It's showtime! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Aaron. And I'm little brother Ryan. And? Yes. <laughs> and this is Matt. All right, Matt. Yes. Hey, welcome welcome to the podcast. So we'll we'll uh we'll go over an, an introduction of Matt here in a second. Um but I guess how do we introduce him, guys? Matt, shut saying, up for a minute. Yeah, I would say, I would say <laughs> he's one of the one of the coolest supporters that that uh that we've ever had. Well, yeah, and, because uh, we appreciate what he's done for us and uh and his friendship and and uh yes it's it's just kind of beginning too i mean we uh i know that me personally matt and i have kind of gone back and forth on instagram for a while mm-hmm. um, because he lives here in utah right um just just like we do and um and so it's it's it's, it's been cool it's been a lot of fun but yeah so we'll, We'll give him a good uh, introduction here. Today. Yeah, so so I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to say because we've had all kinds of guests, obviously, on the podcast: military, uh, military veterans, uh, commercial airline pilots, private. I mean, uh, we've we've had them all, but this is our first. Um, and I guess I better mention Hess so he doesn't get all butt hurt. But uh, but but <laughs> Hess is about, he's he's ex military as well. A helicopter pilot, right? And a helicopter pilot. But um, what's unique about Matt is he is our first. Um, oh God, what level are we at here? <laughs> With expert, expert, yeah, expert geek. Our first expert av geek patron on our Ramcheck Patreon page. And just like Aaron said, Matt, hey man, thank you so much uh, for that support that you're giving us here at the Ramcheck Podcast. Oh, absolutely. I didn't even have to think about it. Well, see how easy that is, everybody? Yeah, I love love that. I mean, this, this is why you know, why we're here, why we do it. I mean, it's to connect with other uh, av geeks, people that have, you know, some of the same passions as we do. Um, and it just so happens, uh, you know, that we're all in the same state. So this is really cool. Definitely. Um, and uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with our uh, Patreon page, uh, just go to um, www.ramcheckglobal.com. That'll get you everywhere you need to go, including a link to our really cool Patreon page. Um, lots of different levels you can sign up, you can support. And the cool thing with what uh, Matt did is uh, signing up for our expert AvGeek level you're actually bribing us to be a guest on the podcast. 
It works. Yes. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. Here we are. <laughs> I, I have a feeling, though, after we hear a little bit about what Matt does for a living and, um, uh, you know, his Avgeek experiences, too, he would just qualify anyway. So, uh, but Matt, uh, thanks again for uh, getting through that first three minutes and 54 seconds of bullshit and joining the Ramp Check podcast. Happy to be here. So great, great. great. Um, yeah, and so, we really go yeah, ahead, Aaron. Sorry. I was just gonna say something. But you're good. No, no, I stepped over you. Go ahead. We really don't have uh, a format for when we have like a because Matt, you're more of a co-host tonight than a guest. I want to get that out to you right now. And so Wonderful. you, yeah, you can you can bring up, you can interject, you can tell any of us to shut up at any point. Uh, we won't. Um, well, we may or may not shut up, but we. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll just dish it back as hard as you give it to us. Exactly. So. Oh, perfect. That's how it works I wouldn't here. expect anything less. <laughs> Matt, you're you're one of the brothers right, well, tonight. Well, him being an expert av geek. I, I, I'm assuming he's listened to at least more than one episode, so he probably understands how we work. I have listened <laughs> to every single episode, and I'm wondering, when does the aircraft challenge get completed? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! That, that was going to come up. That is a good question. That is a Where did we end question. off on that? Weren't we in the finals? Was it like, I was like it was, final it was the final? No, no, no. It was the finals. I think it was between the 747 and the XB Valkyrie. Um, yeah, the XB 70. That's right. Well, well, interesting. Well, so I, I have so, one word for you, Matt, that we use in, the, in showbiz. You know what that is? Go for it. Cliffhanger. <laughs> hey well you know what we could do since we have matt on here right now let's ask him out of those two and then that way maybe he'll be able to sleep at night knowing that we're somewhat we somewhat have completed the aircraft challenge. <laughs> oh that's a, that's a tough one um see right? why we didn't finish it i, I <laughs> yeah, definitely what? understand why it wasn't finished and Personally, I would have to lean more towards the Valkyrie, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, why? The reason why it was just because of, it was a prototype plane that never saw full-scale production. Um, and I have a little bit of a soft spot for those kind of planes. Yeah. Okay. And as great and as long as the 747 has been in service, I kind of have to go with the supersonic bomber. Yeah, 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 and and, well, and not only supersonic, but Mach three for crying out loud, right? I don't oh, think we'll yeah, ever I, see that. I can't debate that, man. I mean, it is just such a cool looking aircraft. Like, one hundred percent agree. I, yeah, I don't see it every day, and then like I just right on my laptop right now, I just pulled up some pics of it, and I see that thing, and I'm like, you know what? I wish they would either build something just like it. Or somehow get this thing in the air because it's just it's just such a bitchin' looking aircraft, man. I know. So I, good good choice. Yeah, that was a very very good choice. Um, Aaron, you want to you yeah, want to chime in on that too? Because I've got a yeah, few. Yeah, I mean we'll 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 have to uh, try to find the little aircraft challenge poster that Ryan drew up. It, it kind of looks like a March Madness. Uh, it does. Poster. Our bracket. <laughs> 
you know, we will have to finish it now that, you know, Matt brought it up. But, uh, you know, I, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm prepared to pick right now just because I feel so sad about all the 747s being retired right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe before COVID hit, when we were supposed to finish the aircraft challenge, it might have been an easy win for the Valkyrie. <laughs> right, yeah, right. But now yeah. you almost kind of feel sentimental about the yeah 47. the seven four seven. It it it, it kind of has that uh, that that sentimental vote for it now. So, uh, I don't know. That that's a tough one. I mean, well, the like the know. hard part too is earlier in March, I saw a bunch of seven forty sevens leaving LAX. Yeah, nice. And I mean, now that they're pretty much gone outside of freighters right it is hard to it is hard to say goodbye i mean much like when our last f-16 left i got to watch that and it was yeah hard i mean it hit hard yeah 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 that that's crazy because a lot of a lot of people uh that don't live in utah um you know they may not know that you know hill air force base was you know synonymous with the f-16 and uh you know they had the first operational F-16s when they very, very first came out. And, uh, you know, they transitioned to the F-35 and they just so happened to be the first, you know, home base for the first combat. Exactly. (laughs) So they continued that tradition, you know, with uh, Mm -hmm. activating uh, state-of-the-art aircraft. So, um, Isn't that kind of crazy, though? The two multi-role fighters for the Air Force get combat-coded and operational here at Hill. I know. Yeah. It just it's such great history at Hill Air Force Base. Just love it. Well, it says it's, it speaks yeah, a lot awesome. to the to the people uh, that make Hill Air Force Base what it is. It's just pretty pretty amazing. So, um, really Absolutely. really quick, just to get back to the XB seventy, um, I'm gonna have to pick that as well. I'm I'm sad about the seven forty seven. Um, which is, I mean, if we, if we had to pick the top or our favorite civilian aircraft versus military, these would be the ones, the 747 on the, on the civilian side or the commercial side and the XB 70 on the military side in, in my opinion. But I mean, the look of the XB 70 was so unique, um, and uh, the other thing, too, six General Electric YJ93 GE3 afterburner <laughs> engine. Six. Six. I know. <laughs> and, and, and we just posted a recent photo of a, of a file photo of an F- XB70 departing. Um, I think it was Edwards. I, I don't remember exactly where it was because the photo didn't have a photo credit or where it was at, mm-hmm. but, oh, okay. uh, you know, all six of them are lit. It's like in a really, you know, an evening shot or an early morning. I think it's an evening and, uh, yeah, just badass, impressive all the way around. So each one of those engines, 28,000 pounds of thrust with afterburner. <laughs> just yeah. a little bit. Just, it, it's a little yeah, they, fast. They, they should pull the one out of uh, uh, out of uh, what is it in Ohio, the U.S. Air Force Museum. Yeah, it's at Wright Patterson. Um, uh huh. In Dayton. Yeah, Wright Patterson. They should pull that out and put six F one thirty five engines in there, <laughs> and uh, get forty one thousand per, and we'll see what it'll do. 
<laughs> I might have to buy some new windows. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I doubt. Yeah, and, 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 and to think that they had an issue with paint flaking off of it with those engines. Imagine what would happen with F-135s on that. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that. Well, what's sad is right, the Russians I, built, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what MiG it was specifically to go up against the XB-70. Do you guys remember which yeah, that, one it was? Yeah, it was. well, it was, it was the MiG-25. I was going to say the MiG-25. Um, okay, good. And so. that, yeah, that was to intercept SR-71s and a potential XB-70, mm-hmm. um, you know, because the MiG-25 was just screaming fast and uh you know it was it was almost as fast as the sr-71 but it just couldn't maintain the speed like the sr-71 could right so but uh yeah the fox bat as you know russians have come out with some pretty crazy aircraft you know the classic mig-25 with those huge like blue afterburner glowing engines you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty it's, it's classic. It's such a beautiful thing to see, though. I mean, if you I ever know. get the chance to, like, even on video, there's so many, like, planes around the world I would love to see. I know. But it's going to be so difficult. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if there's any more. I think Iraq was the last operator that made 25. And, and uh, you oh, know, some of those were shot service, down so in Desert Storm. You were and... very welcome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell was that? Well, I, yeah, I missed that. What I, did it say? I clicked on our podcast because I was going to look something up really quick, and it started playing. I'm like, geez, come on. Come yeah, on, man. Come on. podcast within the Ramp Check podcast. Yes. You're nice. getting um, – I know. Sorry. Go ahead and finish what but, you were saying. No, I was just going to say, but th- there are the, – the the successor to the MiG-25 is the, the MiG-31, and mm-hmm. I know that you've probably – some of those i don't know i'll have to brush up on uh, that old russian iron and, and see but i agree with matt i mean it'd be so cool to see some of these you know these classic cold war era designed uh, interceptors and fighters and well you know it'd be it'd be really cool that's one thing that's on my bucket list is i want to go over to eastern europe and look at some of these old uh cold war aviation museums that shit fascinates me and, yeah, that would right? be cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always been fascinated by the Cold War. Um, there's a, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Shinzheim or Shinzheim or something like that in Germany um, where they have, uh, they've got a Concorde, they've got a TU-144 and a bunch of other Cold War, Cold War era aircraft there. So that's, I'm going to see if I can look it up here. Um, and probably well, I, I mean, there, there's the, uh, the airfield that's out of West Virginia near DC. I've got to imagine that's got some heavy, heavy artillery in that area, too. Uh, are you talking yeah. about the Smithsonian? Oh, yeah, no, um, I've the, been to the Smithsonian, Udvar, or I mean, Udvar Hazi, uh, the hangar out there by Dulles. Yes, yes, I've been there. That's a bucket list for me. Oh, it's it's beautiful. You're, you're is walking. That the, is that the one with the big? Is that the one with the big observation tower at the top that uh-huh. you can look, overlook Dullus? Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, Where they shot the one, second so Transformers movie, and yep. it's just yeah. wall wall airplanes and field of joy. Oh, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, yeah. um. 
Let's see here. Uh, it's got the uh, space. This the space section in that one's pretty awesome as well. Yeah. Oh I've, yeah. I've only been to the I've only been to the one on the mall before the Udvar Hazi Center was built, um, and that was pretty cool how that was. But yeah, that oh, yeah. that new one, man. I jeez, I can't even. So it's got the. I can't even imagine. Um, so it's got a Concorde. It's got the uh, the Boeing um, uh, the seven hundred seven prototype, the Dash eighty. Seven hundred seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Dash eighty. Yep, it's got the Dash eighty. That's 80. the one that did the roll, right? The barrel roll. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Is it yep. That one. <laughs> that's the one. That's right. That's the one. So okay, so the the. The one that I'm talking about is in Germany. It's Shinsheim or Sinsheim. There we go. It's spelled S. Sounds like one in China. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> right. Uh, Sinsheim. There we go. Let's see. And I want to see what they've got. So famous ex- exhibits: a Concorde, the Tupolev Tu 144, um, the Blue Flame. You guys remember the Blue Flame? No, what the hell is that? Blue flame. Yeah. The name sounds familiar. The blue flame is the rocket car that broke the speed record and on the Bonneville Salt Flats. Oh, oh no kidding. Really? Yeah. What the hell is it doing all the way over there? Yeah, how the hell did it get to Germany? What the I'm gonna have to talk well, to was somebody. it a German was it a German driver or was it produced in Germany? And then brought here. Had to have been something like that. Um, I'm sure. Let's see. The blue flame, the flask. Jeez, I can talk. The blue flame. (laughs) Say that five times fast. Come on. Come on. I'm waiting. Um, (laughs) uh, Fastest rocket propelled surface craft of all time. October 23rd, 1970. American Gary Galbleich set his fantastic new world record with his hybrid between car and rocket. Um, speed records. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's an American-made and American-driven vehicle. Do you guys wow. want to take a guess, except for Tony, what the world land speed record it set on in 1970? I have no idea. Six, 600 miles per hour? That's a guess. Yeah, that's... That's pretty close, actually. So it was a thousand kilometers an hour, which uh, comes out to six hundred and twenty-one miles per hour. Wow, Damn, that's moving. I'm I'm just gonna get this out right now. <laughs> that is one fast fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, brother. Yes, it is. Just that's funny. Just saying. That's- um yeah so that's cool the bonneville salt flats so they've got some ties from home but that so, that's on my oh go ahead who else is going to talk no no go ahead i'd let you finish that and then i was going to sh- shift the gear a little bit oh i no, i was just going to say that museum is on my bucket list for a number of reasons just because i want to see a tu-144 up close but you know i mean i hear there's all these old derelict cold war era um, aircraft just littered all over Russia, and I would just love to see some of them. Oh yeah, there, there's the the Central Air Force Museum just outside of Moscow, and I mean they have just a little bit of everything there, so that would be cool too. Mm-hmm. 
And I'd also oh, love yeah. to see the F-14 Tomcat fly, but I ain't going to Iraq or Iran to see it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? You, you'll be safe. Oh, brother. Why will <laughs> I be safe? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I'd I love don't to see so. on TV. <laughs> yeah, right before they behead yeah. me. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, but before they they stone you to death, they tarn right. you, whatever the oh hell God. they're doing. Yeah, I know. All right, um, all right, Ryan, switch, tar, switch, tarn feather. That's like a colonial <laughs> times over there. Who the hell they does that anymore? They they do everything. Dude. They got to do something with their oil because they're not exporting it. <laughs> Look at the infidel with feathers. Maybe he'll try to fly away. Right. Well, well, I was I was feather. because we kind of just jumped jumped right in being on the the Avgeek part. I was just gonna ask uh, Matt because. Aaron usually asks this question, so of all of our guests. So we've got to find out from you, Matt, what it is that gave you the bug. What, what, what happened? Did you see what? Top Gun when you were little, like like I did, or what? What is it, Matt, that makes uh, you an Av geek? Uh, <laughs> That's right. Well, Top Gun was a huge part of it. Um, Amen. And I just got my. 4K Steelbook collection, uh, collector's edition that showed up in the mail yesterday. So I will be watching that this weekend. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, but it was uh, watching the F-16s do their landing pattern. Um, as a little kid from my house, actually from the front yard, they would pass overhead doing their wide loop. Mm. And... Watching it, hearing it, I mean, it's every day. And yeah, it made me want to try to be a pilot. And unfortunately, genetics got in the way, and I was too tall. Oh, damn. How tall really? are you? I'm 6'6". So six, six. tall, huh? Oh, damn. How tall? That is six, tall. 6'6". Six. 6'6"? Six, six? Wow. Damn. There you six, go. Six. Yeah, that, that would be a little hard for you to fit into an F-16. <laughs> uh, F-16, F-35 I mean, I'm an inch too tall to sit in an F-35 And oh. it broke my heart One inch <laughs> Wow yeah, spe- so. Especially with the, the F-35's helmet, man we, We've tried those on before, man And they, they they stick up quite a bit That's crazy Oh, they do I mean, hey. I've, I've got to see them But uh, they just uh, I think that dream got killed In my first year of high school and I actually went to the air show at Hill Air Force Base, and I was talking with the pilot, and I was like, so, realistically, and he's like, you're too tall. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, damn. I'm like, no, I, I, I don't think I can dreams. do it. Come oh, on, man. Come on, man. Just, blow a, just blow a little sunshine up my ass, please. Give me a little hope. <laughs> oh, I had to fight my dad for years. He kept saying, you're too going to be too tall. You're going to be too tall. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. And then that kind of put the nail in the coffin there. So uh. I was like, okay, if I can't fly it, I'll design it. So I started studying engineering first year of high school. Took basic. I took aerospace one, two, three, and then did robotics so i could do the cnc machine i know how to do a drill press i know how to do an auto lave dang um 
And when I figured if I couldn't design it, I'm going to build the damn things. And if I can't build the damn things, <laughs> I need to figure out one of those other two. That's awesome. That's really nice. cool. So yeah, we that is cool. I mean, glass glass half full. I mean, I'm sure being six six kind of helped you at air shows. Oh, it's a dream. <laughs> I have little kids, parents, they say, "Can you kind of put my kid on your shoulders for a little bit?" And it's, it's wonderful, right. and they love it. So you're always, yeah, I'm sure, you're always that tall dude in front that everybody hates. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've learned to kind of sit in the middle and then try to down just a little bit so I'm not that person with a, a tent or an umbrella that you can't see past and right oh I hated that so for so long oh yeah <laughs> oh man so wow. true so true that's that's funny we need to de- design you a, a ramp swag air show t-shirt that says like you know uh shoulder lift 20 bucks or something <laughs> for air shows <clears throat> Definitely. Or just hashtag genetics. For reals. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Matt, you, you, you studied all these different routes. So what ultimately did you end up doing? Or what are you doing presently? So up until September, I was working for Northrop Grumman, and I was building uh, composite parts for the 787 Dreamliner. Nice. Cool. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And then COVID happened, and unfortunately, layoffs happened. Mm. Oh, man. But, yeah, I, can... I mean, the good thing, too, is that I can, I can go back. I can go back, and I can go do what I really wanted to do, which was I wanted to build the wing skins for the F-35. Mm. Okay. Oh, okay. Because they do a lot of F-35 parts, and Northrop Grumman just got a huge contract to build more F-35 parts. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Good. And so that's all So are you of, back uh, now Utah? doing that then, or is that like coming no. soon? No. Uh, that hopefully that should be coming soon. I wanted to wait a few months, okay. kind of let the dust settle, just because the whole industry, as you guys have talked about, oh, yeah. really took a dump with all the aircraft retiring without pilots, without people wanting to travel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sad to see. There's lots of planes that I've got to see because of you guys taking your photos and videos. And it's just depressing seeing all these aircraft graveyards. Oh yeah, yeah it really is. I know. It's like, you know, everybody, you know, most people, you know, they talk about COVID and, you know, the people that, you know, have unfortunately, you know, perished because of it and, and, uh, you know, shutting down small business and, you know, really affecting people in in major ways. And then you throw the av geek side into it and people that work in the aviation industry. And it's by far the the most, you know, uh, devastated because of it. And uh, I mean, it's just, you know, 2020 for aviation has just been a dumpster fire above and beyond everything else. And, you know, we just hope that it's going to be over sometime, you know, in the near future. And, and, well, uh, you know, there's. And even, even before. Know, vac- go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. I yeah, thought you were go, finished. No, I was just going to say, you know, vaccines and everything out, you know, hopefully it'll relax some of the people that have really gotten crazy about it. Dude. Um, but anyway, got, go ahead. Tell yeah, me. no, I, 
just to expand on the whole vaccine. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I've just got one word about that. Qantas. Yeah, not. Um, but uh, but no. And, and, and just to just to add to what you were saying. And then Boeing dealing with the 737 Max before COVID hit. It's like Boeing just had like a one-two punch. Yeah, I know. Well, definitely. And I mean, even um, one of my coworkers now, his brother actually works for Boeing here. And he was working on the new 777s. And he got pulled off of that to go fix the Max problem. Oh. And that, I mean, that was his baby. And I, I want to see that plane fly. I really, yeah. really, really. The, yeah. The showing that they did for Seattle, it made my jaw drop. It was gorgeous. It looked sleek. Mm-hmm. It looked new. It looked like the plane that we needed to replace some of these aging uh, commercial planes. And everything kind of hit a pause. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah. You, 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 you know, you talking about the Max or the... Triple seven nine, the triple seven nine that yeah. was uh, prototyped yeah. that when they had that first one released. I want to say it was right. earlier this year, right? Yeah, it had its first flight earlier this year, and there's been a you know a couple other of the flight test aircraft, and yeah, it's 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 impressive. I mean, we you know we were covering all that just you know like everybody else that didn't live in Seattle because first of all nobody could travel, right? <laughs> and se- secondly, you know, I mean. At least, you know, we were able to watch, you know, the coverage. Boeing did a good job of having coverage for that online because, uh, yes, you know, I mean, they, they, they definitely had to um, had to do that, have some really good news for uh, for everybody. And, and, you know, it took them a couple days to get that first flight off, which I'm sure, man, they they dotted the I's and crossed the T's probably a million times before that thing actually took off. Oh, that was... Oh, I a, don't doubt that. <laughs> that was a beautiful thing to see, too. I know. I know. And the, the so cool thing about can, watching watching the coverage of the first flight was when, when that thing has so much power and so much lift, um, it's so efficient. And it was crazy watching that video and when you look at it really close, it almost looks like the main gear lifted off before the nose gear. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that again. <laughs> yeah, watch it again. I say it, was, see. it was like that because I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, why is that nose not all the way up? And why is that gear going up that early? Oh, yeah. It, it almost looks like it almost looked like a B-52 lifting off. You know how a B-52 yeah. doesn't really like rotate and then climb no. out it just kind of lifts up <laughs> yeah and that's what that's well, what it does have a little bit of a wingspan yeah yeah a bit just, yeah. <laughs> but uh um, yeah i mean impressive um could i go on a, a quick rant about the the max since we were starting to talk about matt do you mind if i go on a little rant real quick yeah go for it <laughs> all right sweet um so I, and I, I text my brothers about this, and, and I'm just going to talk about it because I never really talked about it in person. It was just over a text. So I watched this uh, two-hour, like, uh, show on the Max, and it was on. It was 2020, which I think is – it's either – I can't remember if 2020 is NBC or ABC, but uh, – 2020 is ABC. They did this, like, two-hour – 
Okay, thank you. So that's who it was. Um, and you know, I decided I I recorded it and I watched it so I wouldn't have to do the commercials. And I'm watching it, and you know, the the first forty five minutes to an hour was actually pretty informational. You know, it talked about um, the Max and the design and and in the stages of its first flights, and then it it went in to you know the accidents. Um, that, that occurred and it talked about the incident where you know the the pilot was sitting in the the jump seat and he was able to help the crew um switch off the system and recover the aircraft right right yeah so, that yeah that was the that was uh, uh a lion air flight um yeah just like days before the actual lion air uh, 610 that crashed yes yeah exactly and and you know here I'm thinking I'm watching because I don't watch the news anymore because they just lie their asses off about everything. And about agree. an hour into this, <laughs> about an hour into this, I'm thinking like, oh, this is a pretty good documentary. Well, then hour two began. And oh, no. <laughs> and what it was is they took a handful of these people's families who had family perish in the oh, accident. Geez. And one of them just happened to be the niece of Ralph Nader. And, oh, um, no. yeah, and so the the story focused on on her and then the family, and then it focused on Boeing, and then it just turned into a Boeing hit piece. And the reason why I want to talk about it and vent about it is because what pisses me off is they're literally just saying that the Boeing executives and their employees are murderers. Like, the, the mom was speaking, and she's like, Boeing is... They're responsible for the murder of this many people, and I will never fly on a Boeing. And our goal is to never get people to fly on a Boeing again, and we want the CEO to go to prison. And, and dude, I, like, started to get mad. Like, my girlfriend's watching it with me, and I just – I kind of start yelling at the TV like I used to yell at sports because I'm just there. like – well, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Here you have a company that has a huge track record of safety. And yes, yeah. there's going to be accidents like we talk about in, in aviation and, and accidents. I mean, you know, we didn't get to where we are today because everything was perfect. You get to where you are because of failures and things that happen and you correct. And it just, I guess it just bothered me because you even, you just mentioning you had a friend or family member that works for Boeing, like... I feel bad for any Boeing employee and I'd be in, I would be pretty upset after that show because they made Boeing out to be like the worst company that America's ever had. And it pissed me off. And then of course they're like, Oh, and then here's Airbus and hey, Airbus, Airbus, Airbus. And I'm like, why don't we talk about Airbus's issues with fly by wire? Why don't we talk about other aircraft that have had early on incidents that had to be, you know, so anyway, my rant is it just pissed me off and it made Boeing look bad. And I just cannot wait for the Max to get back flying. And so Boeing can kind of get some of their face back that the media kind of helped them lose. So anyway, oh. feel free to chime yeah, in. Rant no, over. Uh, no, you're good. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, here's what, I, what I'm going to have to say about that is that no aerospace company is perfect. Every one of us knows right. that whether it's Airbus, whether it's Boeing, whether it's McDonnell Douglas when they existed, hell, when Howard Hughes was building aircraft, mm -hmm. nothing 
ever goes the way you want it to the first time. And if it does, they're lying to you. Right. Yeah. Because right. something always goes wrong, whether it's civilian, whether it's air or military, whether it's the space program. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you, you look at NASA and the space shuttle, and that thing, it was still a test flight every time they flew it. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I've got a wonderful family friend that was actually one part of the very important person, part of Challenger. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, he wrote a wonderful book called uh, Truth, Lies, and O-Rings. Um, and it goes into very, very wonderful detail. Yeah. That uh, <clears throat> what happened, why it happened, uh, what they could have done to prevent it. And uh, I would have highly, highly recommend it for all ab geeks, whether you like space or not, the space program or not, it's a wonderful read. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay. What was that book again? He, Repeat that and who it's by. Sure. It's uh, Truth, Lies, and O-Rings, and it's going to be by Alan McDonald. Okay. Huh. Yeah, um, that's cool. We'll have, we'll have to check that out. And, and a lot of people don't know this, too, but is another Utah connection is the solid rocket boosters were actually were built, built down in here. Utah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, in Utah by a company. It used to be called Thiokol. Um, yep. And our late stepfather actually worked for Thiokol for years. And we actually have a lot of cool swag from the shuttle program that one day we'll, we'll post about. I mean, we've, mm -hmm. we've got everything from, you know, flight pins to, you know, flags flown on the space shuttle to signatures of astronauts. I mean, you know, a lot of cool that's stuff. Incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that whole O-ring issue and, and how many engineers were telling NASA to do not fly in the temperatures um, because they, they were just too cold for what the O-rings were designed for um, that morning, you know, in Florida. And uh, I'm sure well, that book crazy too. goes into all that. It does. It does. Um, and I had to, I had the privilege because, Again, he's a family friend. I asked him about a lot of it once I finished reading it. And this was years ago when I started my whole engineering part because I read it and I was like, I don't understand why this is this way. And I asked him and he was surprised I understood it and was able to actually hold a conversation about it. Yeah. And there are some, there are some interesting things in that book. Um, and like I said, I would highly recommend reading it. Uh, I can post a picture of the book on Instagram for you guys. That Perfect. way, you know yeah, which you one to should. follow. Why, why don't you give everybody your uh, your Instagram uh, handle as well? Right yeah. Uh, let me pull it up because I don't use this as much as I should. <laughs> That's okay. I, I actually, <laughs> That's what I she said. In front of me. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to be Matt underscore Wadman. There you go. And then I actually have some more photos I need to post up. Yeah. Yeah, you uh you need to post a little bit more, brother. You've got maybe twenty <laughs> photos, man. I do. I mean most of them I have to get converted from actual photography over to <laughs> digital. I know. I know. Um, it's, it's, it, it's not easy. It takes a lot of work no. to maintain. <laughs> oh it does. And a lot of them are coming from 
family members in California. Some are coming from my dad's side all the way in Sweden. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've got family in Tennessee that I'm expecting pictures from. Oh, cool. And then, That's awesome. So, and then maybe some, uh, maybe some from a mutual friend of the podcast that we might call out here in a minute. Whose whose <laughs> yeah. name whose name remi- or rhymes with Jared Harris? <laughs> uh, you have to talk to him about that. But I I have to say I definitely enjoy getting updates from him. I know. I watch, looking at his photographs and the video of the F-117 flying overhead, I I watched it oh, and I was yeah. like, I cannot believe that happened. I know. Lucky I know. bastard. I, the whole world was right? jealous when that happened to him. Yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, but I I can second that. It's so it, it, it it's so funny and, and great to get you know uh, texts and photos from Jared because it's I mean it half half the stuff you're you're like. You got to keep, you know, to ourselves, which which is cool. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, having yes. that little inside track information, whatever. I mean, it's not. I mean, you know, nothing illegal or anything, but it's no, just, no, no, no. You know, we keep stuff to ourselves, and and uh, and that kind of makes it fun. Well, there's kind <laughs> yeah, of a. I mean, oh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was, uh, it, it's definitely nice to kind of share some things with people that I think would appreciate it the most. Yeah. Um, like I'm hoping to go back overseas and go to like the Paris air show. And I want to see oh, how yeah. much that's going to be wild. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And did, did you, did you just see that the Paris air show put out a press release? They canceled their 2021 show. Oh my God. Yes. I did. Yeah. Um, yep. and, ironically, and, I was actually supposed to be in France in August. Oh, jeez. That got canceled. Um, Ugh, so annoying. Uh, I know. I was looking forward to that trip. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, um, speaking of your Instagram and speaking of Black Jets, since we were talking about, you know, Jared yes. and, you know, <laughs> and, the, and the F-117 on uh, on your Instagram, you post that photo of the uh, F-117 that the Hill Aerospace Museum just received this summer. I did. Um, and it's it's all stripped down. And uh, and I noticed you said you finally got to see an F-117 Nighthawk in person. And it, th- yep. that is the first time that you've seen one? Yeah, that's the first time I've got to see one. Um, they were actually supposed to have one at the Smithsonian in D.C. And it oh. was removed uh about a month prior to me arriving (laughs) it's because they probably needed it for their current flight program yeah because it's flying now (laughs) oh this was six maybe seven years ago so it's entirely possible wow exactly you never know man you never you never know i i do have uh, to say my whole my whole theory about aviation is just completely turned upside down by this year between seeing F-117s coming in and out of Nellis just out in the open to planes I thought that were quote-unquote retired and, oh, what's the word for it? Not hitting production? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, To rumors of maybe YF-23s being built in Japan as their new 
fighter yeah. or yeah, air to air. And and the Air Force announcing, you know, a few months ago, they've flown a prototype, a full scale prototype of a sixth generation fighter. Yeah, what's oh, up with that? That's crazy. <laughs> I just... would love to know who's got the connection for that. Oh man, I know, I know. It really, Jeez. really makes you wonder. And and uh, yeah, I I agree. I'm just just fascinated with everything happening and. Um, you know, we can segue into a little bit of a, of a story we were talking about before we started recording about, um, and, and this is also, you know, Jared Harris was also blowing up our phones about this too. And, and I yes. saw this on Twitter as well, but, um, um, Dr. Will Roper, who is the, um, basically the acquisition technology and logistics chief. Uh, for the Air Force, um, that, I'm, that's not his official title, but that's basically what what he's in charge of. Um, right. That the Air Force has a big announcement um, coming up here soon, and he posted that on December sixth, which was yesterday, and said nine days and counting. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of speculation what it could be. Maybe they unveil some of that six gen fighter information. I. Maybe it has to do with the B-21, uh, you know, hypersonic aircraft. I mean, who knows? There's lots of speculation. So let's let's speculate, gentlemen. Aaron, Ooh. Matt, Ryan, what do you guys think? I've got one, and I had to think go. about this all day. Yeah, go my ahead. Th- my theory is, what if the Y-23 is being redesigned as a sixth-gen fighter? Could be. I mean, because the way that you look at it, that plane did not look like a fifth gen fighter. No, it didn't. It looked way, way too advanced. Yeah. Yeah. The YF 23 was definitely one of the more just out of this world, you know, sexy fighters. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure the only reason it, it, it wasn't picked during the ATF, you know, competition and, uh, for those of you listening that don't know, it was it was the YF-22 and the YF-23 that went head-to-head for the contract, which turned out to be the F-22 Raptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they both could super cruise. They were both stealthy. They were both just crazy outlandish state-of-the-art designs. And, and the YF-23 was actually more stealthy than the F-22. And um, faster with the longer and super And faster. Cruise. It was. It, it was faster. Um, and, uh, you know, the Air Force, you know, ended up, I mean, uh, hey, I love the F-22 Raptor, so I'm not complaining that that was chosen. Um, I would have loved to have seen the an F-22 and an F-23, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I have to <laughs> agree with Matt on this one, too. I was going to say uh, the, the YF-23, I mean, they've they've had a fully functional prototype as a fifth generation fighter. So why not a couple of upgrades and make it sixth generation? Well, who knows how many prototypes? Cause I, I want to say they had two prototypes. One was in a museum and the other one went to the Northrop plant. Ooh, where did that end up? I want to say, I want to say it ended up in Seattle. Oh, really? Ooh. There was only two that were built. Mm-hmm. Both were flown. 
but one ended up in a museum to be showcased, and the other one is, I think, at a Northrop facility. Yeah, there, there, there was the they nicknamed him. one was the Gray Ghost, and the other one was Black Widow. Two. Yes. Is what they nicknamed him, and I'm actually looking online right now where the hell they are. So uh, let's see here. So so YF23, um, um, PAV-1, which was serial number 87-0800, um, is on display at the National Museum of the Air Force. Okay, so in date. Um, yeah, and then the YF23A, mm-hmm. PAV-2, serial number 87-0801, uh, was on exhibit at the Western Museum of Flight until 2004 when it was reclaimed by Northrop Grumman and used as a display model for a YF-23 based bomber. Um, PAB-2 was returned to the Western Museum of Flight and was on display as of 2010 um, at the museum's new location in Torrance, California. So maybe it's back there, but I mean, those are the two prototypes we know that were built. I was just going to say the two we know about. Exactly. <laughs> so um, you guys know why, I mean, specifically why the F-22 was picked um, by the U.S. military over the YF-23, right? The, I do. Uh, so my sources are telling me strippers and prostitutes. <laughs> oh my God. Am I wrong? Well, as sexy as, sexy as the Raptor is, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Matt. I'll let you go ahead anyway, and go with the real what, reason. What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you know about uh, the the Raptor being chosen, Matt? Uh, from what I understood was that it was to keep Lockheed in business, um, because Lockheed only does military planes since they got out of the um, commercial industry years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. That Northrop, because of their B-2 program and whatever else they were working on at the time, could stay afloat off of that. Yeah. And Lockheed, with only being a military fighter development program, for the most part, if you were going to clo- if you were going to pick that, Lockheed could go under. Millions of people lose their jobs, and it's always better to have more than one company building new aircraft than let's say two or three mm-hmm. yeah yeah which is funny because it's kind of come full circle now with lockheed you know you know with the f-35 program now and with boeing recently being awarded the f-15 ex program yes um to kind of <laughs> keep everybody involved which in a lot of ways does make sense um um, well, and the Boeing you know, trainer, keeps... and what? And the trainer, Boeing's uh, yeah. The, yeah, the, T... the, the T7. T7, yeah. yes. Yeah, the the T7, and 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 it's interesting you bring up the T7, and it, it, this all kind of ties in with with the Will Roper story and this announcement coming up soon, um, and you know them, you know 
Air Force and Will Roper saying, you know, they've flown a sixth generation fighter prototype and, you know, full scale prototype. Um, you know, it, it, it really all kind of ties in because the, the T7 is really kind of the precursor to this new, you know, E-Jet series or, you know, the the uh, Digital Century series that everybody's been talking about. Um, the ones where you know, we where could see a new a new fighter every yeah, couple every, of years, right? Yeah, so, so, so exa- exactly. So many, you know, there's going to be, if if Will Roper gets his way, which I think it's really going to go that route where you get several aircraft designs and quick prototypes built and flown, and you have smaller batches of fighters that are designed for the current landscape of whatever, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're trying to, uh, what, what's the term I'm using? I'm trying, I'm looking for it's where you have an aircraft specifically designed and built, you know, every 10 years or so, um, to combat the current landscape. You know, if it's China, we're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, go up against or, you know, Russia or whatever, we can have these aircraft specifically designed and built for the current landscape. And, which is impressive to me. I mean, you know, and then these aircraft, they're not designed to last 20, 30 years and they make them in smaller batches, but then you get a whole new fighter aircraft or bomber aircraft after 10 years. And so we, we really potentially, you know, over the next several decades could see, you know, several different designs uh, in fighter aircraft Um you know, come off the production line, you know, every 10 years, which, you know, a new design, which would be just, I mean, for us av geeks, that, that sounds like one of the most exciting things out there. <laughs> to oh, be honest. yeah. All right. 100% sure. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you think about it, the F-22 hit production in about 2004, the F-35 hit production and actually went into service 2015 in about june or july so their pace for hitting about every 10 years is pretty spot on yeah yeah but those programs though you have to remember we're done 10 years ago yeah the the atf fly off between the yf-22 and yf-23 that was in the 90s freaking late 80s early 90s yep wow and so instead of taking Yeah, instead of taking decades, you know, they're going to do these things in years, yes. which which is impressive. And they can do that with computer modeling now, um, you know, and basically fly the aircraft for thousands of hours digitally before they actually build a rapid prototype, before they actually, you know, test it that way. Um and to me, I remember when that story came out earlier this year, you know, and I was so excited and I was blown away. And we talked about it a little bit on a previous podcast. That um, you did. Yeah, and it it's exciting. I mean, it's that, that that that's really kind of how things are going. And and to be honest, cost effective wise, it's probably the best way as well. You get you know, taxpayers get the most out of their money for all these programs. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> for all look we at... know, Matt could be 
designing parts for all these aircraft now and then he would tell us but then he'd have to kill us <laughs> <laughs> i mean to be honest i have right? game airplanes on my own oh that's yeah. cool on my computer that's, yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah that'd be cool to see something sometime well it's <clears throat> it, what aaron is saying and 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 even matt to an extent is really interesting because you think you know, it took so long to develop a lot of these aircraft. You know, they were in development for 10, 15, 20 years before we even saw them. But how many of these designs never even made it off paper? Right. Ooh. I would have to say tens, maybe hundreds. Yeah. Right? Maybe even more. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it, crazy. Very and I mean, that's... And a lot of those paper, like a lot of those, are on paper. Mm-hmm. Let's really be honest there. And who knows where those are? They'd be locked in some vault. They could be in your grandpa's basement, right? Um, <laughs> I know there's plenty <laughs> yeah. of stuff. I have to. Uh, I have to go talk to my uncle about um, the next time I see him, because uh, he was uh, very fortunate to work for Howard Hughes. Oh, oh wow. that's cool. Oh, nice. And he did engineering for that, and he just kind of slowly dropped that on me um, the last time I got to see him and just wanted to see my reaction, and I flipped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the did, way. Did you, did you, did you yeah, did it you was exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. You stop him and say, it's the wave of the future. <laughs> I did not. I, I think... <laughs> It was literally as we were leaving, and he's like, oh, by the way, I used to work for Howard Hughes, and I have all these engineering notes and stuff. Oh, Do you want geez. them? Do I'm you like, want them? I'm going to have to go with yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I'll take those. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's cool. But I have no That's idea really what he cool. has, how much he's going to let me have, uh, what's on there. It's all just it's a mystery to me and my mind keeps racing every time I, I kind of bring it up. I'm like, Oh, what if he had this? What if he had this? What if he's got a new airplane that nobody ever got to see? And it's just sitting there on paper. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure, man. I'm, uh, yeah. That's definitely gotta be the case. So no question. I mean, just when we're talking about aircraft that never made <laughs> it off paper, I mean, just look at Boeing alone. All the different, you know, prototypes these guys are working on. I mean, back in the uh, back in the day of the XB seventy, you know, everybody was all excited about the National Supersonic Transport Program, and you know, yes. all these companies had their supersonic transports. Boeing's their their twenty seven oh seven. You know, the the furthest that thing got off of paper was a full scale would mock up of the fuselage you know of of the aircraft so people could see what it looked like full size speaking of that and speaking of an exhibit in a museum being taken away before you can see it so this this 27 this boeing 2707 mock-up um they had the cockpit length uh of that at this small aerospace museum uh, in the Bay Area, just outside of San Jose. Uh, I think it was Santa Rosa where it was at. And uh-huh. so when I used to work for SkyWest, 
um, and I had free flight benefits, I, I went all over the damn place. I mean, why wouldn't you? Oh, I would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and every year we had to do our annual jump seat observations. So we'd sit up front with the pilots and observe and this and that. Well, I would plan my right. jump seating around these different, you know, it, adventures that I wanted to go on or, or whatever. And um, sure. so one of them, I flew into uh, Monterey and I rented a car and I drove from Monterey to Santa Rosa because I was so excited to see because the 2707 was one of my favorite planes as a kid because I remember seeing models of it and the way the nose moved, you know, and kind of two different axes up and down and whatever. So when I found out yeah. they had this cockpit section there, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to see that. So I'm all excited. I pull into uh, uh, pull into the parking lot. I go inside, and there's a sign that says, "We're sorry, the Boeing 2707 exhibit has been moved back to Seattle at Boeing's request." <laughs> and it happened. Oh my god! It happened three days before I got there. Three days. Three fucking days. Thanks. <laughs> Isn't that just such a <laughs> You get so excited, and then everything just ups and lifts. Oh man, I was upset. So, so I I'm, went. I'm and, surprised. I'm surprised you didn't uh, pull a Clark Griswold, right? <laughs> at, going at, up to Wally at World Wally and, World. And it's oh. closed. Well, I I felt like I was going to. So I found the um, I found the museum manager. He was actually working that day, and I talked to him a little bit and just told him how bummed I was. <clears throat> Um, you know, about that it had been moved. And he's like, well, I mean, we still have all the archives in our archive room. You want to go through the box and look at some stuff? I'm like, hell yes. So, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and this was back, you know, in the in the early 70s, late 60s when this was going on. So this it's not like this stuff was on hard drives. These are like original documents that I'm going through that are you know, discussing the plans and like a business a business model that the uh, the airline can use and this and that. So it was really cool. He he let me spend about an hour in there. So that was really really nice of him. So that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't a cool. total loss, um, but but it was yeah. kind of a fun story. But you know, I mean, and Lockheed was right there in the mix. So was uh, McDonnell Douglas. Um, you know, and and the Boeing, um, the Strato Cruiser as well. You know that never made it off paper. And how many do we not know about? Like like you said, Matt, it's it's hundreds. Yeah. I mean, the the, yeah. the thing is, it's just it's limitless. And how many of those planes ended up getting revived into other things? Mm -hmm. Like nothing yeah. ever. I feel like nothing ever stays dead. Right. Something always comes back. There's there's some there's yeah. some key element or some system that fits better in a different airframe or a different type or something like that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that's fascinating. And and even even something on paper that didn't make sense when it was initially designed might make sense at a later date. And that's how we see certain things too. Mm -hmm. Well, kind of, kind of circling back to the YF twenty three. So, um, I was going to say that's a prime example. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, 
I'm agreeing with Matt on that one. Aaron, Ryan, what are your thoughts on what this big announcement could be from the Air Force? Ooh, Jesus, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't that think the bad. Air Force. I don't think the Air Force is going to be announcing Jesus, Ryan. Oh, you never know. It's 2020, brother. <laughs> hey, that could be a good, good point. Seriously. <laughs> Anything can happen. Operation (laughs) Jesus. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even begin to guess. I mean, right now there's so many things that could be. um, Jesus, I, I don't know. I don't even have a guess. (laughs) I was like just listening to all you guys were saying. And I forgot for a minute we were on a podcast, and I was just like thinking about everything. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really like think exactly, but I, I don't know, man. How many, no how many clue. Twitter posts did you like while we were having that discussion, Ryan? I don't even have my phone in my hand, so the answer would be zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, being I'll, honest, I. I'm scrolling through pictures of the YF-23 while you guys were talking about that and just looking at, you know, some of the the concepts and things like that. And there's a couple of really cool, there's a really cool photo I saw on here of the YF-23, one of of them, and it looks like uh, it's like out on the taxiway. You can see a pilot in the cockpit and in the distance, there's a a B-2 landing. Oh, um, oh yeah, I know exactly oh, yeah, what photo that, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I was just kind of looking at that too and eyeing that. So uh, anyway, Aaron, go ahead with what you were saying. I was just, you know, I was gonna say it's. My guess is um, it it's one of two things, and we've already kind of talked about them a little bit, but um, you know, sixth generation fighter technology, uh, something like that. Um, or something about the the B twenty one. Yeah, could it? You be, know, you I know, just maybe, thought of that as you said that. Could yeah, it the be B-21, the official maybe. the official rollout of the B twenty one? Gosh, I don't know if it's it'd be an official rollout, um, but I mean, it's due. You know, you, they announced you, it last year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very possible. And the reason why I think about that is because if if you look at the global landscape right now and and China really, you know, flexing their muscles with, you know, so much of, you know, wanting to take over, you know, the South China Sea and and really <laughs> trying the entire to world? show how, yeah, how, you know, quote unquote, how important they are. Um, and we don't even have to go into the coronavirus and how they totally screwed the world with that one. <laughs> Jesus. Um, no. But, uh you know, it might be a little bit of, you know, flexing of muscles for the United States saying, you know, you may want to rethink some of your plans, you know, some of these uh, dictatorships or, you know, or countries like China trying to prove their supremacy, um, you know, might have something to do with that, too. So mm-hmm. that's um, true. I don't know. It's yeah, going to be interesting. Good point. It's going to be yeah. really interesting. When is this? Nine days, we said? Eight yeah, days. it was nine days from yesterday, so eight more. Eight more days. Okay, so we'll have to uh, – well, obviously, we can 
talk about that and cover that right here on the podcast after it happens. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. So circling back just once again to like some of these experimental aircraft we've talked about, when you... When you think of these aircraft in development, is there a certain, is there a specific aircraft or Air Force base that jumps out to you? Any one of you guys? Well, Edwards. Edwards. Okay, perfect. That's that's exactly where I was going to go yep. with this. So I, I was re- going to say the one in California. I couldn't remember it, but Edwards. Yep. 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 <laughs> there's a really, there's a test facility down in, st george that uh i've seen some pretty interesting things down there before are you talking about the um the rocket sled thing in hurricane no 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 i'm talking about i guess what it's considered area 52 wait 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 what yeah there's a (laughs) tony lives uh, in st george so i know he he doesn't know about it I don't think he knows a clue. Um, hey, there is a, I wouldn't there go is that far. That... <laughs> yeah. mo- mo- most of the time, Tony doesn't have a clue. Going on, so. <laughs> well, I'll, I will try to fill you in as, as best as I can. Um, oh, yeah. There is another Air Force base that Utah does use for test range, like a test range almost. But there's a lot of experimental aircraft I have heard that go in and out of that base. Where the hell is this base? Damn, oh. we'll, we'll have to discuss this off recording, quote yes. unquote. <laughs> oh, this has to be an an, an, an off the record recording. It might be um, discussion, <laughs> but it, it's theorized that a lot of the testing is no longer done. Let's say at Nellis or Edwards, because everybody knows where that is. That okay. down here in southern Utah, that there's all sorts of aircraft that go in and out of there because we have that wonderful, wonderful desert. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Hmm. so here's a good way to um, get a gauge on how many people listen to the podcast. If you read, if, if you reveal this information right now and they get really super busy, we'll know we're doing good. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) That's crazy. No, we'll have to talk about that, Matt. I had I had no idea that even existed. That's crazy. And that's just listen. I mean, I do a lot of research when it comes to any aircraft. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you got to learn from history to make right newer and better things. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going back to propeller airplanes, to Gen One rocket, Gen Two, Gen Three. Four, five. Uh, you got to learn from everything you can and incorporate it into your own designs. True. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of hear about tidbits, and then you go and you try to research as much as you can without hitting firewalls, or this is blocked by your government, or other interesting pages that you can't access without a. <laughs> clearance and then um, and then get a mysterious knock on your door <laughs> yeah yeah um but i mean <laughs> there, there's all sorts of i'm sure there's tons of bases around the world that we have no idea that they exist oh whether yeah. it's oh, totally and i think that's incredible that everything there's still some mystery in the world in our backyard yeah, right 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, it, right. literally in my backyard, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to find it. <laughs> yeah, so so I brought up Edwards really quick. Just uh, um, I know Aaron and Ryan haven't, but Matt, have you had a chance to uh, do the official Edwards Air Force Base tour? Uh, I have not. Um, I have been around Edwards Base. I have seen some... Oh, what did I see take off? There was a few things we saw take off, and I cannot remember it off the top of my head. Tony Stark 737? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be anything at this point. There still is a lot of traffic that goes in and out of there. Mm-hmm. So I got, do love yeah. doing their testing. Oh, yeah. So I got to take the, uh, the Edwards tour. Um, gosh, it was like 10 years ago now. It was a long time ago. Um, but I'm telling you, Matt, or anybody else listening to the podcast, if you get a chance to take that Edwards tour, it's worth the drive. Go down there. You know, it starts in the morning. You have to, you have to book it through Edwards and they actually give you a basic background check, um, to get your credentials to actually go on this tour. But it's worth oh, wow. every minute. It's it's an it's amazing. It's about a said about a I want to say about a four or five hour long tour. Um, they take you by bus. There are certain areas of the base that you can't. Not a three hour. What's that? A <laughs> three hour tour. <laughs> so I was saying it's not three hours. It's four to five. I don't know. <laughs> It's been a while, but Sorry, uh, Tony, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. But like there's several aircraft on display um, that had gone through there over the years. There's the, uh, the they've got an X-15. They've got the, um, uh, the A-7 with uh, the critical wing. I can't remember exactly which. Yeah, F-8, it was the A-7. F-8. It was the F-8. The F-8 Crusader, the critical wing. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, the, the super critical wing. Right. They've got the... <laughs> what did I say? No, nothing. It's just, it's just funny. The super joke. critical wing, oh, I, wing like... Well, <laughs> when somebody says something like super critical wing, you're like, well, duh. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> without yeah, the wing, it's not going to fly. <laughs> Um, I know, but uh, there's so many, so many unique and neat aircraft and designs that have gone through there. But um, but just go on to Edwards Air Force Base their their website, um, and then you can schedule a tour. A lot of times you have to book this things like like six or eight months in advance. There's that much yeah, of a demand well, with, for with, it. With with COVID, I'd be surprised if he's going on right now. Well, they're probably not doing it right now. Yeah. You're right. The, they probably won't resume them until next year if they're not. But uh, um, I guess they probably the following year just to be. Yeah, probably due to a military base. That's that's true. Yeah, really. So if you get a chance to take that tour of Edwards, it's it's worth it. That is one thing that I I. I I'm proud to say I was able to check off of my bucket list. Yeah, that'd be it'd be nice to uh, get some photos of that 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 you can post so we can put it up on our Instagram. All right, yeah, I've got a bunch that I can do, so we'll uh, we'll get those up there on there. So, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. What else you want nice. to talk about, Matt? 
Oh, I mean, we talked about how we've been in the same place multiple times and not even realized it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> all, all the air shows and... All the air yeah. shows. And, and uh, have you been down to any of the red flags yet? No. Um, that was something we were... My dad and I were actually planning to do next year. Um, okay. And hit up Star Wars Canyon. Yep, we want to do that as well. Yeah. Again, if Star Wars Canyon ever hits like it like it used to, you know. We hope it doesn't hit like it did. Back up. Yeah, yeah, we're we're hoping that that there'll be a lot of traffic in and out there again because that's one thing on our bucket list we weren't able to do yet. Yep. Exactly. Um, But yeah, you you need to get down to Red Flag, and it's so much fun, man. Just. You know, sitting out there on the side of uh, Las Vegas Boulevard and just, you know, watching wave after wave of aircraft depart and then come back and then do it again in the evening. And Dunkin if you Donuts. go in the early ones, like the January or March one, you know, you get really good burner action at night. Um, you know, last year, catching those B1s at night was oh, just one of yeah. the most badass things because things would launch with you know, full burners and they kept those burners on until like they were so far that the burners looked like a star in the distance. So um, I actually have a story about the B ones. Yeah. That actually happened true. earlier this year. So I wanna say it was last month or the previous month, Hill Air Force Base was visited by a bunch of B ones. Oh damn. A bunch? And I think you guys I think there was maybe two or three. Um, that's a bunch that's about half the fleet mm-hmm. <laughs> if i remember right i want to say you guys were at nellis when they were here oh wow but i remember it specifically because one of them came right over the house in full burner and absolutely woke the living crap out of me because i knew nice. it wasn't a 35 I knew yeah. it wasn't a 16, an 18, a 15, an A10, anything else that wants to come by and make my day a little bit better. <laughs> but that thing came low, it came hard, and I was like, oh, well, I found the B1. <laughs> it's the best awesome. morning. Isn't it, isn't it funny as an yeah. AF geek, you can tell the difference between an aircraft by the way it sounds? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people make fun of me it's for it, and it's like, oh, it's okay. Yep. I hear they, it all the time. All right. They do us too. We get made fun of for stuff like that too. Yeah, we're. That's what being an av geek's all about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, would you, totally... Matt, would you be jealous if I told you that when I was stationed at Hill Air Force Base, I got to see an SR seventy one take off? I would. Because that is something I've always, <laughs> always wanted to see. And it was, I know. it was at dusk, and the flame from the afterburner on that thing. I mean, it looked like it was as long as a football field. I was, I was amazed. <laughs> and it was, it was crazy because I was driving, um, and. The first part of my Air Force career, when I was at Hill Air Force Base, the first year or so when you're a brand new airman you have to live on base and i was living on base at the time and i was driving to or from somewhere i can't remember um 
but I heard a really loud roar like a takeoff and I mm-hmm. I kind of looked out of the corner of my eyes and I could see something big and black taking off and then I thought no it can't be cuz I heard a rumor that there was one on base and yeah and then I stopped and there's a gap between a few of the buildings and the flight line and I could see yes, I could see the uh, the the flame shooting out of the back of that thing that was on full afterburner. It was amazing, and I watched that thing just take off and disappear oh. in a heartbeat. That was cool. <laughs> that, that, is that was so awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's the I mean, only... that's, a, that's an incredible piece of machinery that I don't think will ever be duplicated. No, I, I know, I don't I know, and, and to think it was designed in the fifties, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think anything can be, be redone. I, I I heard they did they pretty much destroyed the technology for it. The molds on 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 all of it were gone. As soon as they were done building the few that they did, they destroyed all of it, and that broke yeah. my heart. Right. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Because imagine well, seeing just... SR seventy one in twenty twenty. Oh, I know all the technology. I know, seriously. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna oh, reiterate. Lord. I'm gonna reiterate what Ryan said. It is 2020, after all. So I wouldn't be it surprised. True. That's true. <laughs> you know, I have to come back to something. You guys were asking what the big announcement was. If you guys remember a while back. And I want to say this was about six years ago. Lockheed did announce they were building a new SR-72 mm-hmm. that was supposed to be a drone that was supposed to be act exactly like an SR-71, and it was supposed to go Mach 10. Good hell, wow. ten Mach well, 10. I, I would, I wouldn't doubt it, man. That that definitely could be <laughs> in the mix. Yeah. Definitely. So that would be considered hypersonic at that point, wouldn't it? It would. At that point, you don't even have to have a pilot, so you could just let that thing rip. Good Jeez. Lord. That'd be crazy. Damn. Ooh. You know, damn, that, damn. you know, talking about that and hearing Tony's story, you know, about seeing the SR-71, maybe each, each one of us, um, and Tony already went, so he can't go again. But what? Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, just, maybe this would be a good way to um, kind of. I don't. I mean, it doesn't have to be the final story, but you know, explain a time where you saw something really rare, something really cool, and something that you'll just never forget as an av geek. And and I've got a story that that I can go, but but. Um, that I tell everybody about, but I want to hear from you or, or Matt or Ryan on this first bef- before I do my story. Okay. You guys oh. think of one? I've got something there, oh, something cool, something you'll just never f- forget. Just like Tony's SR-71 moment. I can't say it was rare, but you know what? It might be nowadays. Um, I've got two. I'll do one now and I'll do one later. Um, <laughs> so earlier this year, um, I got to go to California to visit my dad and, uh, we went down to Southern California to, uh, 
go ride bikes along the beach and go stop by LAX. So we got to mm-hmm. watch all sorts of things come overhead. And his favorite plane to watch is the A380. Oh, okay. Which, as the, we know, those are slowly but surely getting retired. Oh, uh, no. And the funny thing is, is we had to get these bikes back by 6 o'clock, and we had maybe 10 minutes left, and we knew there was another A380 about to take off. It was an Air France heading home. And we kept looking at the clock, looking at the airline, because we knew exactly which way it was coming from. It was coming right overhead, right on the big runway, and we're looking, and we're like, we got to get back. we got to get back. So we start heading back. And my dad stops to go use the restroom. And as soon as he walks in the restroom, I look overhead, and there's his A380 taking off and heading right into the sunset. And he walks out, and he's watching it go, and he's like, I told you there was another one coming. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, that that is cool. Yeah, I mean, A380, there's another... uh... Um, another one bites the dust because of COVID. It's yeah. just unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah. Another casualty of the uh, COVID nineteen we of all love. So China much. virus. Uh, Ryan, your turn. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I can give. Oh geez, I just won't give a long explanation, but I could give a few different things that stick out in my mind. Um. One is when we were at the, there was, they did a little expo out at Salt Lake International Airport and uh, the F-15 did a demo of takeoff to like, it, it held a record, which it still might, I'm not sure, from like hard deck to a certain altitude and it, it, held, it held or holds a record as how quickly it can do it. Yeah, and, the time to climb and the high performance unrestricted climb. Yeah. Yeah, and I just remember uh, being a kid and kind of squeezing through the the crowd and just seeing this thing pull up the gear and staying low to the runway, and when it pulled up and just disappeared, I just think like my jaw was just, you know what I mean? Like my jaw yeah, dropped, yeah. And, <laughs> and I can still picture it to this day just looking at it. Um, I would also have to say maybe the B two, the first time I saw that fly by at Hill. Um, yeah, it, it's everything I thought it would be quiet and just ominous, you know, just yeah, just kind of eerie looking like mm-hmm. you kind of get scared yeah. for a minute. Like, I hope nothing's going to happen right now, you know, <laughs> That's that, exactly um, I felt the first time I saw it on the 4th of July. Parade. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. It just gives you that. It kind of gives you goosebumps because you're like, should it does I now. Be afraid <laughs> or should I think this is cool? Right. Yeah. And then I'd probably say the last, or my third one would probably be the the first time I saw the demonstration of the Raptor. Just we up to that point in my life, I had never seen a fighter maneuver the way that that thing did, and it was just it was pretty impressive. So that's yeah, there's definitely is watching my dad drop at the 2012 air show when the Hale Air Force Base held the F-22 demo team and knowing exactly what was coming and not telling a word to my dad saying, you got to watch this plane take off. Yeah. Yeah. And just watching him 
and then his eyes widen as his thing goes. And as soon as it pulls up with that beautiful, beautiful vector thrust and watch his jaw drop yeah. as that thing just turns <laughs> on a dime, and I still laugh at it every single time. <laughs> That's fun. Definitely, yep. It's, uh, when you was... guys talked about it on one of your previous episodes about that, that was the first thing that came to my mind was just laughing and watching my dad. That's, That's right, awesome. man. It's fun times. I mean, there's so many stories out there about the first time I've seen something when it has to do with aviation, and I remember it all so vividly. It's great. Yeah. It's an awesome thing about being an av geek. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Aaron, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'll since Ryan went with a couple short ones, I'll do the same. Um, so uh, early '90s, uh, we were living up in uh, uh, North Ogden, Utah, which is just north of Hill Air Force Base. Um, and uh, there, there was a park nearby. Ryan and I actually would always go down and play in the park, whatever. Um, and uh, it was uh, it was late evening. It wasn't dark, uh, but it was overcast. Um, and uh, you know, I heard a jet, and as any av geek would, you look up, and uh, you know, I couldn't see anything, but but it was definitely right, you know, in the vicinity. And I kept looking. It was overcast. I didn't think I was going to see anything. And for like two split seconds out of the clouds and and okay so this is early 90s okay mind you right uh, out of the clouds i would say maybe about i don't know eight thousand feet above the ground so it was you know it was it was fairly close an f-117 popped out of the clouds and went mm. right back into the clouds mm. and i was i was blown away i mean i was you know gosh what what was i like this was probably 90 1990, 91. Anyway, it was right before the Gulf War. Right. Um, so it had to have been 1990, if I remember right. But mm-hmm. but anyway, it was it was before really anybody has ever seen an F-117. I mean, there there were some articles and, you know, it was used in Panama, I think, in 89. So, you know, there, there was some talk about it. Um, but very few images, you know, were really available at the time. I mean, there was an internet back then, so right. anything you saw was print. Social um, media, yep. nothing like that. Yeah, nothing like that. So so I will never – I mean, I close my eyes right now, and I can picture that popping in and out of the clouds and back into the clouds just like it happened yesterday. Wow. Um, and it was – it was unbelievable. I will never forget that the first time I saw the F-117. <laughs> um, and man, it, awesome. I mean, you know, early 90s, seeing something like that fly, you're just like, holy shit, man. This world is full of things. We just have no idea. <laughs> um, no. So that 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 was really cool. Um, and then the second one, um, um, and Tony might remember this because I called him on this one, but um but i know what you're gonna uh, say i don't remember what what year this was but it it was i don't know it was it was early 2000s mid 2000s but anyway i was living in arizona and i was out on my front patio um and uh, in arizona you know it's mostly clear most of the time well it was a clear evening and like out of nowhere in the sky high above um 
there was this glowing light and i was like what the hell is that i thought maybe it was like landing lights because there was an airport nearby um but it was really far out and i was like what the hell is it and it got brighter and brighter and i was like it's not getting closer but it just kept getting brighter and brighter until like this light just scattered across the sky i thought it was the fucking world ending I really did. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got chills. I get chills even talking about the story. It, it, I had no idea what was going on. My brain's, like, processing all the aviation things and aerospace things I know about. And I'm like, what could this be? What is this phenomenon? I thought it was aliens. I thought maybe it was the second coming of Jesus Christ. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and 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 it just got brighter and wider and and you know and i was like holy shit and this was right around the time when the you know i mean the internet was was going pretty good so i went online and i found out it was a monitor rocket that had launched at a vandenberg air force base um and you know when a rocket launches at a certain time during the day you get the sunlight reflecting off of the exhaust plume you know way high up at altitude Mm -hmm. um you know, where the exhaust just scatters because there's not the dense air, you know, holding everything together. And that's what it was. And it absolutely blew my mind. And I will never forget that. You know, (laughs) it was it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. You remember, brother, and I'll be quick because I know we're we're running like an hour and 30 minutes from now. Um, You called me, but I had seen the exact same launch that night. Remember? Yeah, and I, I had I no idea what the like, hell it yeah, was. I, I saw this thing too, and and we were talking about it because, yeah, I mean, you know, that was visible all the way up to southern Utah for crying out loud from mm-hmm. the west coast, yeah, Vandenberg Air Force Base. But yeah, that was that was pretty damn cool. So one more thing that I want to uh, that I want to mention really quick um, about sure. that is so when the um, the space shuttle Columbia broke apart on re-entry. Yeah. Um, I was at work that night at sky West and we were watching the coverage live and we knew the track was going to go over Southern Utah. So right when it started re-entry, we all ran up to the roof and watched the Columbia break apart live. Oh, wow. Not, not on television, but, but the actual thing. Yeah. Yeah, there there were pieces shedding off that thing all over southern Utah. Oh yeah. And and I remember we all watched it and we were like we kind of looked at each other cuz something didn't sit right. I mean, none of us had ever seen a reentry before. So maybe that's yeah. how it was supposed to look because we always heard that, you know, the space shuttle would lose some of the tiles upon reentry, so you're thinking, "Okay, but those look pretty big." And then we go back inside yeah. And then we see, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on, but the speculation starts happening that it broke apart upon reentry. And so, yeah, that's something that that I actually witnessed, which was crazy. That's crazy. So, yeah, that is, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, wow. Cool. Right. So I would say yeah. that's a great point to wrap uh, wrap up. But I wanted I want to mention one more thing. Today is December seventh of twenty twenty which obviously December 7th is significant, a day that will live in infamy. 
I believe yep. today is the 79th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Wow. I would think you're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So incredible. Wow. So, uh, you know, to just another message going out to all of our veterans that served uh, in all the wars. But of course, you know, in this mention, World War II, um, whether it was the European theater, the Pacific theater, um, for those of you that are still around, uh, thank you uh, for your sacrifice to our country and our freedom. Uh, And of course, words can express the sorrow of course uh from the lives lost that day yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. i second that and and japan definitely woke up a sleeping giant and it's never been the same since Mm -hmm. no absolutely not it hasn't just like i'm gonna say that the deep state has woken up a sleeping giant here in the united states (laughs) but we won't go into that (laughs) yeah no um, I do have one other thing I actually wanted to mention. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of going back to a lot of your previous guests and to you guys for uh, such wonderful stories. Um, I know I can't speak for everybody, but I'm going to try because <laughs> I have you guys here. So, <laughs> okay. This is this is something I was kind of working on for a while. So I wanted to thank you guys for the two years of incredible podcasts whether it's your guest stories, whether it's your stories, and I hope that we have another two years. Dude. Sweet, oh, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Dude, that's that. awesome. Yeah, thanks. I know, I know appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, Absolutely. really. I, unfortunately, I, I do have to add, I have to add one thing, and I've Uh-oh. been wanting, wanting, wanting to say this forever, and this yes. is to our, oh, shit. our great, great F-35 pilot, Mr. Jay Durfler, Oh, yeah. Fast. Oh, fast, fast, fast. <laughs> that attack demo was probably the greatest thing <laughs> I have ever seen at an air show from watching the two days of practice prior to listening to his story about that between almost going into a sonic boom at the show, <laughs> the way that the show was performed. To the way that you guys kept looping back and forth for the most beautiful pictures I have gotten in a long time. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I cannot wait to see you behind the cockpit again. Good, sir. Awesome. Sweet. Wow, perfect. Sure, fast full of that. Absolutely. (laughs) That's right. That's fantastic. Absolutely. That's right. We we, we all can't wait for uh, Fast to get back in the cockpit, too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. I'm sure he can't either. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure Lauren can't either. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Whenever a great man, there's a great woman behind him. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Although I'm That's not awesome. sure who's behind who in that relationship. That's why it's so awesome. Oh, well... <laughs> Hey, Matt, um, give us your Instagram once again, if you would, please. Yeah, it's going to be Matt underscore Wadman. And I I want you to post about the episode, too. Yeah. And tag you in it and all that. People can follow you. Absolutely. So perfect. Absolutely. And uh, Matt, I want you to go over really quick. As soon as you signed up 
uh, to be a patron on our Patreon page, you sent us a message that had two words. You remember the, the, what those words were? Yeah, game on, gentlemen. <laughs> okay, it was three words. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Hey, if you want to, uh, if you want to join uh, into some great company. Uh, be one of our patrons. It's another great way that you can support the Ramp Check podcast. Go to www.rampcheckglobal.com. There's a link to uh, become a patron. There's several different levels that you can choose. Uh, Matt just happened to choose uh, Expert Avgeek because uh, uh, we gave him the uh, opportunity to prove it. And uh, I think I'm speaking for all three of us, brothers. I think Matt proved he's an expert Avgeek. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yep. Yeah, definitely. thanks for coming on tonight, Matt. It was, yeah, it was fun. It's been a good conversation. We can do this again in person. Oh, oh, yeah. That was for sure. Will. I definitely, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, discussing more and, you know, future episodes and, and getting your input on, you know, guests and some topics and everything. So, yeah. absolutely. That yeah, is, thank you again. That is one of the benefits of uh, being an expert av geek uh, patron uh, here with the Ramp Check podcast. Um, another way you can also support the podcast, of course, is go to the Ramp Swag store. The link is also available on rampcheckglobal.com. We've got, God, we've got gobs and gobs of designs. Uh, uh, we want to thank Aaron for uh, for his time that he's put into getting all those things uploaded onto the Ramp Swag store. Don't forget, guys, the clock is ticking. Today is December 7th, which means 18 freaking days until Christmas. So... If you want to get those orders in, you better get them in right away. And uh, we're hoping that uh, uh, you can still get them before Christmas, have them delivered. So Yes, yeah, the next couple days, get get your orders in within the next couple days. Uh, then after that, it's going to be a little tough to get them by Christmas. But uh, we appreciate all the support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Ram Check Pod. Oh, and don't forget, of course, uh, the Ram Check Report. Uh, that's where we get a lot of this great information from. Whenever we find um, an aviation story around the globe, we try and get that posted onto the Ramp Check Report uh, as quickly as possible. Your one stop for all your aviation and aerospace news. Uh, don't forget, everybody, the Ramp Check Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, uh, Pandora, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud, <laughs> pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast, you can also listen to them on our website, rampcheckglobal.com. Uh, subscribe where you can, share it with your friends and family. Um, just like Matt said, we're we're hoping for two more awesome years to uh, just keep plugging along with the podcast. If you want to send your input, you can obviously do that as well. Make sure you give us a five-star rating wherever you can. We've got a YouTube channel as well. We'll be posting to that uh, as we get more opportunities to get out there and actually video aircraft. And uh, before we wrap up the podcast, Aaron, where can people find you on social media? Yes, yes. Uh, and I want to add two plus years. Let, let's let's do the plus. Oh, let's, yeah. let's continue on. At least. But, but, yes, but uh, you get my point. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, at Ramp Check Global uh, is the best place, social media for all the... Uh, Avgeek, uh, aircraft, videos, you name it. 
Um, our YouTube channel, you can get through rampcheckglobal.com. Um, and then uh, my personal Instagram, at Aaron Rumfollow, uh, has my hot wife, my cute kids, and and uh, my family, uh, you know, everything I do there. But if you want aviation, go to Ramcheck Global and Ryan. Jeez, you guys, all you left me to do is really make fun of Tony for using the word gobs. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I was searching so for a anyway, word and I couldn't find um, one. <laughs> I looked that one up in the dictionary. <laughs> gobs and gobs of stuff on on the at the ramp swag store. Anyway, maybe maybe um, we'll just skip Ryan I don't need this to repeat time. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to repeat anything. Uh, Tony and and Aaron said um, they've already said gobs of information. So, um, dude, you can just find me at room. Follow me. For Instagram and Twitter, and that's it for me. All righty. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for that, little brother. I appreciate that. Um, and I just want to say thanks again to Matt. We've said a bunch of thank yous, but um, you know the shout out was awesome, and uh, it makes all these times of sitting here and BS and talking about aircraft and and all that worth it to hear that uh, some people actually give a shit about it. So appreciate the support. <laughs> the donation and uh, we're definitely going to hook up at some point, either at an air show or uh, just aircraft watching at Hill or whatever. So thanks again, man. Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast to do this and let's hope for another time soon. Definitely. 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 Well, uh, you can find me on social media, not on Instagram still. I'm still in Insta Gitmo for my, um, my my truth telling <laughs> shall i say <laughs> but yep, um, yep. you can you can find me on twitter at trumfollow if if you were following me on st- on instagram just head on over to twitter and give me a follow i'd really appreciate that uh uh i lost a shit ton of followers and content and whatever and and whatever so uh you can see pictures and my um I guess my my opinionated posts uh, are back on Twitter. You won't see my hot wife because, well, I don't have one. Um, and uh, but anyway, of course, everything else Ramcheck Global related. Instagram at Ramcheck Global and uh, Twitter as well at Ramcheck Global. Thank you again for listening to the Ramcheck podcast, Ryan. Good day. <laughs>